We're back outside of the warehouse for some more interviews. I'm not wearing a hat. Let's talk crits ball. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the Blitzball Boys, the podcast about ball sports in the warehouse, but lately about bowlers named Justin. I'm your co-host, Brendan Rubble, along with my fellow host, Peter Del Rey. Hey, Brendan. Hey. We're here. We're back. We're, we're done with our little hiatus of talking to actual players. And we got a big one in here today for us. The man that came, really uh, made a name for himself bowling in ball and play after n- not being in the warehouse. We got Justin Pennick. Hey, hey, fellas. First of all, most structured and short podcast intro I've ever heard. And I've been <laughs> on my, my fair share of interviews. So this is credit to you. Yep, um, you. And I listened to the episode that I did well. Um, when I did well, like I listened to the Blitzball Boys podcast, I'm like, oh, well, I want to hear what they have to say. And then you guys were talking about the end. You're like, oh, well, let's see if he can hit because it was only because uh, it was only Trev and Sav that were hitting. And it's like, oh, let's see if he can hit the the, the other games. Then then I'm like, well, I'm not listening to the rest because <laughs> you I know what happened. Horrible. And we'll, and I guess we'll talk about that. But thank you for having me on. Um, I love what you guys are doing. This is like this is awesome. Uh, like fan, uh, I am a big fan of fan led media. I think that's like. That is nice. John Boy Media. That is. Yeah. Um, so the fact that you guys are rocking and rolling with what you're doing, you guys do a great job with it. So thank you for having me. Thank you thank very you. much. We that. really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I could read you all your stats if you want. Yeah, let's run it down. Only batters. I did good. a full stats no, actually, that shows the rankings of all the batters based <laughs> on front scored per over. And uh, listen, if, it, <laughs> if we were going for the highest number, you'd be in first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I hit the ball backwards more than I hit it forwards. Wow, which that's contact. That's that still works. Stat. We gotta get to our contact. Oh, yeah, stats I mean, you, that's tough because the to be people that aren't in the starting, I guess, lineup. I don't know what the word for it is, but you didn't get that many chances. In your in your defense, you weren't like the the A or B guy, so you you don't. No, get a and, lot. and also that was my first warehouse tournament based. First warehouse tournament as like an athlete and as a competitor, yeah. Which I've been part of everything as an umpire, and I'm just like, all right, happy go lucky. Love oh, the umpire appearances too. Incredible. They're uh, they're awesome, but being and and even I did some um, you know, I did some of the challenger series, even with blitzball. I did some speed blitzball stuff, which was a lot of fun. I did all yeah. the challenger series for ball and play, but there is nothing like being in there and i'm sure you've had a lot of the other you know athletes and players kind of say the same thing like even that warehouse where there's not a ton of people in there like you know i i'm pretty sure we've all played even like high school or amateur sports in front of more people than even people (laughs) at the warehouse but that it's a different kind of stage when you do have the cameras on you and i and i got the yips man it was (laughs) so it was full on just the yips where it's like you know i'm hitting the ball in the challenger series and then yeah you know wound up at the in the actual film in the actual day it's like well i'm now i'm hitting it more times backwards than than actually forwards which is uh yeah which is not great so hey, warehouse I'm, yips is a thing and i was uh i was proud of my first bowling appearance i was great you should be and i, I don't blame you either <laughs> you I'm, I'm a, a huge yip guy i've been known to in baseball when i play shortstop have the yips if i make one error i don't want anything to come near me i just can't touch my, my hands don't work anymore so I can only imagine what it's like when it's amplified at that stage. I think we had the first person that said that, or people that said that, were the Como boys uh, for Blissful Battle 3. They're like, yeah, we watched it, and we thought we could just come in and own, but it's a different environment here. And they still did own, but they said it was more difficult and scarier than they thought. <laughs> 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 they didn't expect it to be they as difficult to... as it was. 
They put you up the maximum in all them. but one game. <laughs> Come on, Blitzball, Justin Patrick, same same kind of guy. <laughs> same, same, same feelings. Same, character. same exact thing. So, um, Brendan has the opening question, as we do in every interview. Go for it, Brendy. You know, I'm, I'm wondering if we should start asking this at the end more, just because it'll give people a chance to maybe consume during the show. But <laughs> Nope. Nope. <laughs> it has to be the first question. It's a very, very important very good question. question. Very important question. It's a tough one. So take your time. Think about it if you want. Yeah. Um, you know, Brendan could cut out the dead air, but go ahead, Brendy. Justin Pennick, what did you have for dinner? Nothing. There we yeah. go. Oh, for five. That's five, and <laughs> five people in a yeah. row that had not eaten yet. I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of early at 7 o'clock. I usually. got home from the office. Uh, I have I'm like I work with a I work with like a high school football podcast so we filmed something the day before so right. I had I I just wanted to merge the audio and the video and then just yeah. send it over um and I'm like I have to I have to hop on this interview so I have had nothing to eat for dinner yet but you want to know what if you've interviewed a lot of John Boy media people and you inter- and we do these interviews <laughs> at 7 p.m. we yeah. haven't eaten dinner yet I think that yeah. just shows that we grind which I, is, yeah, I exactly think so. I, I think, think that's so what too. this is becoming is just Showing that you guys grind and showing that we are uh, impeding you guys from eating the food at a normal. Well, hours. there's that, and there's like we interviewed Paxton last week, and she was in the office still for the interview. So, like I even said on the episode, I was like, "Listen, just judging on where you are, my guess is you have not eaten yet." But I guess more question. of a joke so on Peter's side because you know it's going to be a, a no from everybody. You I know it's going to be a no. <laughs> I think we've had what did we have? We had Jimmy on as our first ever guest. Yeah, he had an and answer. He, to had, the question. he had a good answer. He was the only one. That was it. I did no? Nope, he, he was the only one, and it was because he was like working from home that oh, day. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like, <laughs> it was like we had Dalton. He was like, "Yeah, I got a meatball parm." Uh, you know what's crazy? Stop. <laughs> You know what I have for dinner? Tonight? Do you want to know what I have outside waiting for me? What's that? Dalton Feely. <laughs> oh, you're going to eat him up. Yes. And a meatball parm. It's Hell yeah. Wait, is it, the meatball is it parm just pod? out there getting cold? It, it, I'll be all right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a warrior. I'll okay. eat the food room temperature. It, does, it won't get cold. It'll, it'll Are be you room cold temperature. Food guy? Are you a cold food guy? I'm a big cold food guy. Yeah. Cold I'm a big food cold is... food guy. But yeah, you want to know what? I want to stick with this because this is something that this is like a behind-the-scenes JM office thing oh, yeah. that That's doesn't right. fully get seen, which I'm sure you know. Maybe people that are listening, to this, I'm sure oh, you yeah. guys would love this. Dalton Feely and I, we're we're very close. We are very very close. He's a big football guy. I'm you know obviously I'm the big football guy. I'm the Giants guy at at John Boy Media. But we are very very close. If you look at Dalton Feely's thumbnail, it's a screenshot of um, the password game that we did, okay. where his head. Is down in his hands, and my head, and my head is like in my hands, just like looking at him. That we probably just gave the most the most pathetic answer. So we took that screen grab, and it is the background on his work computer. So Dalton Philly and I are very close, and we are very alike in a lot of ways. So the fact that the same nights that we're being interviewed by you guys, the fact that we had the same dinner, thick as meatball parm, and I don't even wow. get meatball parm a lot. The fact that that happened <laughs> is incredible. True. Thickest thieves. That's wow. the way. That's the way it's got to be, though. So it's the biggest question of the podcast: is what people tune in for. We, our viewership drops. Our listenership drops big time after that after question. question. But yeah. uh, we're gonna keep it going no matter what. So you tease this before we uh, started. Hit, before we hit the record button, Brendan played the music. 
Um, so, but mm, what yes. is your favorite warehouse moment? You started going, Brendan stopped you, and now's your chance to tell the yeah. world. This is my favorite, like, personal moment um, that's just, like, behind camera where I'm, like, involved in it. I've seen so much, just especially being an umpire for a lot of these Blitzball battles and stuff like that. One inning roulette I saw, too. Um, but Blitzball Battle 1, Chris Rose accused me of being on crack. <laughs> now, there's a very funny backstory to this where my, my partner Bobby and I, uh, plus some of our other uh, friends, we had a radio show at one point called Simple Man Radio. There was just a running joke that I was just, Justin's going to smoke crack on the show this week. Wow. There, Chris Rose is in on it from the beginning. For years. Yeah, and, and he finally did it. And Chris, and then it's so funny that Chris Rose didn't know that that was like that was a running joke that that's been happening. So then once that happened, I'm like, I cannot wait for this video to come out so I can tweet. Chris Rose says that I'm on crack, and people just <laughs> lost it. And then even remember the boxing combine that I did? Yeah, and that was on like JM Entertainment, where I punched a heavy bag for like 60 seconds straight, and it looked like I was. It legitimately looked like I was on crack. Like, I smoked some crack, and then I just punched the shit out of that bag for about 60 seconds, and it looked like I was on turbo mode. <laughs> so then even that video, I captioned, like, I smoked a bunch of crack before, right. I, before I punched this bag. So a crack and myself, we have a very interesting relationship. So um, Panic is the crack Chris guy. Rose, Chris Rose is so good at his job that he didn't even know that that he was didn't a even thing. Know. And tapped into it. And Maybe he did. Old. He did his Maybe. research. Maybe he knows me so, better than I think he does. So did you get like a whole bunch when that video came out? Did you get text messages from your friends being like, holy shit, he knows. Twitter. I mean, just the, <laughs> it's so crazy. I like the the entire the entirety of my social life. And like a lot of people that I know is like my close friends probably like, what the hell? Like, what are you promoting? Like, what are you talking? What are you doing? But everybody on Twitter is like, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. He's on crack. We did it. Yeah. We, we made the big dollars. <laughs> so from the warehouse moment, your favorite warehouse moment, this was obviously your first, your debut as a player mm -hmm. in the warehouse. What was it like? Um, did you like see it coming that you were going to be asked? Or was it just like out of the blue? Jimmy just came up to you one day and was like, hey, bud. How do you want to? How do you feel about playing in one of these? Yeah, so ball and play is definitely one of those. It's it's one of the more I don't want to say because e it's not easy, but even for I consider myself athletic. I'm not going to call myself not athletic, but a lot of what same. is involved at the at warehouse is got to hit the ball and you got to be able to see pitches that are coming in fast, even with the speed limit that are moving a ton. And, you know, as we saw on full display, even when I get batting practice pitches, I just don't swing the bat that well. I, I mean, I still have it as a goal that I want to practice. I want to get in there and I want to get better and I want to get more involved and stuff like that. But uh, the, the ball and play league was a perfect opportunity for me to kind of, uh, you know, not even transition, but th for this particular franchise, be part of it and be part of it every single year. And, you know, to be with Ploof and, you know, to be with the, um, you know, the professional cricket players and everything like that. So, um I knew that I was, even with just as, as a bowler and even just throwing the ball, I knew that I could throw strikes and I knew that I could throw it in there. 
Um, so I was confident that I did that and I was happy that I did that. Um, and I was just excited to be part of it. Cause I, I've always wanted to kind of, even with some of the, the challenger series that we did with Blitzball, the speed Blitzball, I've been right. trying to poke my, poke my toes in the water, being a part of, uh, the warehouse stuff more as a, as an athlete and just as like, kind of like a creator outside of the umpire. So I was glad that to be part of the, the ball and play. Like so did you like did you go up to Jimmy and say, Hey, I want in on this? I know you need more people than you did for Blitzball, or did he come to you or how you know, did he kinda come came to, to me. Um yeah, he kinda came to me and it was <laughs> kinda just like, Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be part of this. And you know, that's when I've been transitioning away. It's been a long transition because I'm a very stubborn person. I've been transitioning away from being like producer and editor of a lot of the stuff that, that I do with, with football stuff and talking right. giant stuff mm -hmm. as to like being more of a creator. Yeah. I've always been a creator, but even just being more of a creator and more of that behind the camera personality. So this was a good, like first big, big exposure mm. for the the warehouse purposes. And the fact yeah. having that really good first game really, I feel like kind of helped. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you definitely had a really good. I think Brendan and I were talking about how it was like I don't know if anybody could be better at the bowling than Justin is. Because it was early he was, on, it was like, oh, no, was no one had been doing it like you. Um, what was what was it like being on a on a rotten team? I mean, I, I know it's not like Blitzball forgotten rotten, but it's still forgotten rotten. What was that? What was that like? Yeah, there's expectations. Yeah, uh, Trevor Ploof is a competitor, and just yeah. because he hung up the you know hung up the cleats uh, from you know walking away from the diamond does not mean that. You know he he does he does not care. So I you definitely you definitely felt that you know and seeing and even seeing those banners up there. I know it's it does sound it sounds cliche. I know I mean, you're talking to the right warehouse. people. We we think <laughs> yeah. those have meaning. Yeah, they, and they do. And you know, kind of being there and you know having Sav there too, and you know having the you know even the the fourth teammate you know uh, up up in flux there for for the first day or two. So um, it was it was cool though. Like it was a Trev Trev is awesome. Um, you know, kind of taking some notes from him about swinging and stuff like that too. So, uh, Trev was awesome. That was just an awesome overall first experience with, uh, with ball and play, but it, you, like, I felt it like, you know, yeah. you felt like the pressure and, and that there's an expectation to go out there and, and, and do something for sure. Yeah. So like, did you take the, the opportunity <clears throat> to be, to just pick Trev's head and be like, what's it like being inside the head of a professional athlete in a competitive setting? Like beyond just oh how could I swing better or like just let me get a glimpse into this yeah. like how your brain works a little bit you know honestly if I knew that I was gonna have yips as much as I did I I would have picked his brain more mm. but everything happens so fast the weekend is happening so fast games are moving from one game to the next and you know even during you know in between sessions you're you're we're, we're filming so much you're filming social series and stuff like that so. I honestly wish that I did take that opportunity to to do it, but I didn't because everything just moves so fast right. at the warehouse. So if there's like you know that next tournament, you know, um, and, and next time I see him and next time that he's there, I will I will pull him aside for five minutes and be like, listen, man, you know, I I want I want to run this back next year, and hopefully he will too. Yeah. Um. So how do we so how do we kind of how do we kind of fix that for sure? Um. Because it is it's so crazy. Like you think that you, like I, I I'm in a bowling league, right. Let's compare. Right. Let's compare myself in a bowling league to Trevor Plouffe. <laughs> or um, to I'm gonna, I'm, Yeah, which I, I want to bowl him, and I know I can beat him. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm a shit. Pretty, I'm a, you I'm heard a it here first, Mookie. Mookie. Can you bowl, can you beat him lefty, though? No. no. Oh, okay. You can barely do anything. Trev, also good bowler. Confirmed. 
<laughs> um, but like, you know, even that where, you know, in high, you know, even like in high school being in you know, on pressure situations, state championship situations, or in a league where, you know, the, the game, the game is on the line and, and the ball's in your hand in, in the ninth and the 10th frame. And you have your mentality and you have the approach that you take, that you take there. Um, but just, so Matt, that's just a competitor, like me, just being me wanting yeah. to be a competitor week in, week out, just right. doing that hobby. But then doing it professionally and doing it like as your job for mm. how long that Trevor Plouffe did it and actually really thinking about that mentality and not just going out and winging it and having your approach. Yeah, um, that's that's crazy. And you even see like the sports, there's like sports psychology and sports yeah, psychologists just, that a bunch of these guys meet with. Like you saw Kirk Cousins do that in the quarterback series. So yeah. it's so crazy. So I'm really excited to eventually pick his brain on that stuff. Yeah, I think, yeah you have to almost like numb yourself to that sort of thing. It's, it's crazy to go out there every day and know like, hey, my paycheck's on the line if I don't play this thing I enjoy well. <laughs> but that's crazy. So but going back to bowling though, you're talking about your competitive mindset in those matches and stuff. Is it? Does it matter who you're playing against? Like, is it? Because I would think from me not being a bowler, you just play your game. You can Which almost bowling like, are you talking out. about? Uh, oh, sorry, like the on the ground bowling, okay. like the, <laughs> with the cool shirts. With the alley, yeah, okay, yeah, with the alley. Oh, bowling alley, <laughs> bowling alley. Bowling about, like, alley. Bowl, bowl, no, 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 so did I. And Confusing. then I started Confusing. to put things together. Wait a second. No, but honestly, like even in high school, it mattered who I will say because there, I almost got into a fight. Um, into, <laughs> yeah, you at, almost, at a high school. Did you tell the guy like, "Hey, I'm going to use you as the ball in the next frame"? No, but I, I, I did wear. <laughs> I wore like a like a metal like I wore like a claw in high school. I don't wear it anymore, but A-P-P. I wore like a claw. And like you see, you see some of the older bowlers do it. It's to keep your wrist from not. It's to keep your wrist kind of cupped and straight, so you can put revolutions on the pole and you can you know put the spin that people call it. So we were kicking this team's ass, and this guy is just they're down like 130 pins, and he's talking shit, talking shit. Can I curse on here? Yeah, good. No, I mean, I guess now you can. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, I'm about to say a really bad word. So I, t- I turn, you know, I turn to him and I say, why don't you look at the fucking scoreboard? And I get in his face and I'm thinking to myself, if he comes after me, I'm going to pop him with this metal thing. And that's not good, but this is high school sports and I would get right. very much in trouble for yeah. this. It's right. not just football where you have a helmet on. Yeah, you'd be um, off yeah, the I almost got so it mattered in high school, but even now, you know, and, and, and I'll even transition it even back to the warehouse because that's what I'm good at radio doing. Um, you know, even now, you know, even with ball and players like speed blitz, well, it it almost it doesn't matter because I, I I love even just competing with myself and being like, well, you know, I know that if I put the ball in a good spot or you know, mm. somebody just beats me, which that's gonna happen, you know, right. especially in a in a you know, in a, in the league where you're going inevitably going up against somebody else, whereas bowling, and I'm talking about bowling with the bowling ball and pins, yes, you're just going, you're kind of just going up against yourself, and you know, can you can you put the ball in a good spot? Can you get a good result? Right. Versus at the warehouse, there's going to be a Zoe, there's going to be a Ploof, there's going to be somebody that is going to have an insane swing, that's going to have an insane defensive play, and you could do everything right. But they just do it that much better, and you almost can't even get that mad at yourself. So, um, right, that's definitely the approach there. Well, especially in a tournament like ball and play, where it's like, listen, these scores are going to go high no matter what. Yeah. It's we've talked about it. It, it. Ball and play, and whatever crits ball or whatever we're calling it now, is very much a game of limiting runs as opposed to a game of scoring runs. Like scoring runs is still important, but limiting it is so much more important. Yeah. And it's kind right. of like you had the. 
first or second game, I think. It was a second. Uh, and at that point, it was very much a, we still didn't know what a good over is or what a good inning is mm-hmm. <clears throat> in terms of runs. Because like you saw it, we have like a trend, a trend report that I put together where you see, oh, very early on in the tournament, you're getting these high numbers. And then once it hits the playoffs, you know, you were hard pressed to find an over that went over 15 runs scored in it. And this is a complete over. This isn't overs that were cut short. Um, so early on, where you can't really have that expectation, how did you measure your own perceived success at bowling? in that type of situation. Yeah, honestly, after the Challenger Series, I had a pretty good approach of what I was going to do as a bowler, and that was pitch everybody inside because to jam people, to induce pop-ups, to induce getting that ball in the air, and if they get fours and sixes, you know, great. I know that I'm going to continue to throw strikes, and throwing strikes and throwing, you know, if that's the if that's the term that we're using, sure, throwing right. good balls, having good, good balls. balls. Just even if they're going to get a couple fours and sixes, I'm going to put, I'm going to throw a good ball and I'm going to get out after six. I'm not, I refuse to give extra pitches and bad balls and opportunities to hit the ball. I refuse to kind of give that away. Um, Like that was my main mentality. And it it worked best. It worked best when you had the most number of people that were uncomfortable and not sure what to do with the bat. And then even me as a hitter, like Jack Doyle got that too, where Jack uh, Jack Doyle was throwing me, and I would I tried I kept stepping back, I kept stepping back, yeah. kept stepping back further away from that strike zone, and I just asked Jack. I said, "Man, I, I kept stepping back. Were, were you just pitching me inside and just jamming me?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I'm yeah, like, "Oh, right. okay. Well, you know that that would that that was the approach that everybody kind of took. But even from you know game one, and I learned that from the Challenger series that you just gotta gotta throw good balls, even if they're gonna get fours and sixes." Six in and over, limit them to six. Don't give them more than six opportunities. And odds are they're not going to get more than one or two fours yeah. or sixes. Usually they're not going to be blue and they're not going to hit over the wall. Right, right. So ones are, ones are a win. You know, ones are, ones are a huge win. Um, even if you, you know, they put that ball in play, it's just a ground ball. One is, ones are a huge win. So I limit, them, I limit them to six pitches and give them the least amount of opportunities to swing the bat. That was the approach the whole tournament. So going in, did you know, like, hey, I'm kind of on the higher end of bowlers here. And did you know, like, really how good you were going to be at defense? Because I feel like your defense gets doesn't get talked about as much as it really should. Like, you were fucking firing yourself at the ground as hard yeah, like as you said, you can. He's, he's an athlete. I think early on in the uh, – did you do you remember this, Brendan? Early on in the tournament, there was an interview – about uh, Justin after he dove for a ball, yep. and he essentially was like, "Yeah, I'm not one of these pussies with knee pads." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know you said pussy on the. Uh, he didn't say that. I don't think that's, that's, that's me taking my creative <laughs> I know. liberty and <laughs> just making Justin seem like an asshole. <laughs> if, well, I kind of, I kind of am when I'm out there because I'm. I, I, get, I get you get mad at yourself for for not not doing something right and I'm the same way when I bowl both in blitz ball and like in in bowling with again with pins um <laughs> I would have if I felt like that was appropriate 
and if I felt like and and if I felt like that wouldn't offend Paxton or Kelsey, whoever was right. talking to me, if right. I said that, then yeah. I probably would have just ripped it off. <laughs> right. um, but you know, I you got to be somewhat professional and <laughs> a little throw, bit. It, throw it to Chris Rose after you say, "Yeah, I don't want to be a pussy." And he's like, "All right, <laughs> okay, <laughs> whoops." <laughs> I know it's getting edited out of this episode. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, but um, so. I knew going in that I was going to, I didn't know how good everything was going to go. Cause again, it, it's so much out of your control of you're throwing, throwing batting practice. Right. So I, I was like, Oh, well, you know, the performance of the batters, you almost can't control. Cause, but I knew that I was going to throw them inside and I knew that was the best chance of not allowing, especially these baseball minded hitters to get their arms extended out and get them, you know, going the other way and taking pitches the other way, or even just pull, you know, being able, because pitches are so slow, throwing it over the middle of the plate, throwing it to the outside where they can just start pulling stuff, ripping stuff off the middle. Right. The best chance you were going to have was throwing inside. Um, and defensively, I take a lot of pride in, I catch everything. Tailgates, Ooh. what I've been practicing for years at tailgates. I've been going to Giants games since 2005. I was seven, eight years old. I have a drink Ooh. in my hand. I have I a drink that. in my hand. And then crack another hand. And then I catch footballs with my mouth. No. <laughs> um, I have a drink. I have a drink in one hand. And I, for years, would just throw footballs. And I would catch everything with one wow. hand. I I have very, very good hands. So you're like the ultimate and, like cornhole or can jam guy where you have to hold like the drink and then play with the yes. other... Or I have a cigar, you know. Now, now I've graduated to cigars, and I have wow. a cigar in my hand. So you went from at, beers at seven know, years old to now cigars yeah, as a twenty something. Uh huh. I don't, I don't, I don't drink beer anymore like I did when I was seven. Um, but uh, <laughs> the no, good really, old really like I just did it for so long, and you know, played football growing up too. Where I just would, I just love to play catch and like have those reflexes. And also, you want to hear something that my father did when I was growing up? So he threw you like a football. Close. Uh oh. He, he would just throw a ball at my head ah. until I learned to either defend it and put my hands up or block it or catch it. So he would just do that over and over again. And I'd be like, What are you doing that for? And then he'd be like, Well, you'll catch it. You have, to, you have to defend it. He yeah. wasn't going to stop. So that's why I think I, I have like good reflexes when mm. I want to have good reflexes. When I don't want to have good reflexes, um, I, I don't. Yeah. When would you not want to have good reflexes? Like right now. Like in the like car, if, ah, you're for right. instance. If you somebody throws something at me, I will freak you're out. Dead in the water. Right. Yep. We get it. We all get it. So, um, like, the defense part of it is crazy because uh, from a viewer perspective, you kind of sometimes get lost in the, how the hell did they not get in front of that? And you forget, like, just how small the warehouse is and how fast these balls are coming at you. So there are a couple instances where you were not bowling, but defending the boundary uh, that I could think of where you like just got a hand, like just the hand in place of the ball. And, you know, there's a couple people that we saw who were really good at it. Um, just off the top of my head, Zoe was very good at it. I think Josie was very good at it. Too. Uh, Joe's, uh, Jake, and then like you were the top five without looking at any stats just off the top of my head. At what point, or did it ever dawn on you like, I'm in this upper echelon of defenders? Oh, Drew, Drew Davis, obviously. Like, I'm in this upper echelon of defenders. 
or was it or was it just kind of like at the end of the tournament you were watching it back and you were like hey i was kind of good at this first of all drew davis is a psychopath and he just <laughs> yeah. throws himself all over all, all over the place so um <laughs> he's very fun to watch yeah i actually thought the first day so you know it's so crazy so you don't know like day one, day two, day three. Right. Like, you know, the way is the games come out just one at a time. Yeah, it almost feels like so it's like I'll, stretched out. Like, you were actually saying that before about how fast everything moves. And to us, it's like, oh, they have, they go to sleep before next game. And they, they get to yeah, like, right. like stuff that you don't really get a chance to like figure things out because you can't right. sleep on it really. But yeah, anyway. So I actually thought the first, so I'll say the first game because day one, we played, we played both games, games two and game three. The second day in the same day, I believe we did. Um, I also have a really bad memory. But day one, I just remember, it's like, I I thought I wanted to be better defensively. So then I took much more of an asserted effort of when I was out in the field and not bowling. When I was out in the field, like, really just constant, like, staying concentrated. And you would think, like, well, of course, like, you're out there, you're competing, you should stay concentrated. But really making a concerted effort of, I am going to pay attention to every single second that I need to pay attention to and make a concerted effort to just be present. Right. And I know that sounds that makes weird, sense. but almost like assume the ball is going to come at you every single swing. Yes. Yes, like be ready be ready for that. Don't don't assume like oh the, the guy to my left or the guy to my right is a better defender than I am and he's going to make the play or you know this ball is going to be a bad ball. Like don't assume anything. Like just literally be like you said be ready for that ball to come at me. So I took not being not happy with my defensive performance from the first game, and then the second and the third game, um, kind of making up for it with some diving stuff. I also feel like I was saying this. Uh, I don't know if I got a chance to say this on camera. But I was saying it like privately. I felt like uh, I'm like the first fat competitor on the warehouse. How um, dare you, chubby? How about that? That's better. Uh, How stocky. dare you, stocky? So athletic. I felt like I was. I was. Oh, I think just just not. You're, you're just not a stick like the rest of them. Right. Right. Yeah. You're not. So a stick. I felt like. I felt like I am representing, like I, I appreciate the, it. that's good. The perspective, the perspective, the every man, uh, every everyday man on JM Warehouse, um, and making those some yeah. of those athletic plays yeah. and stuff like that. So, I think that's a good thing to take yeah. pride in. It is very I like good. To take a lot of pride. Yeah. In. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess going into that, like you had to change your your thoughts on defense on the fly, essentially between yeah. day one and two. <clears throat> if you could go back now and say, okay, all the knowledge you have today going back, first game is tomorrow. You're playing Love is tomorrow. How would you change your mentality to striking, bowling, and defending? So this is just defense? Well, all just of it. Oh, all, for all, all of it. it. Yeah, how would you change it for all of it? Oh, as a because team. Because obviously you, like, now you... Uh, you know, like, you okay, the yips it. happened at the bat, uh, at the plate. The yips happened. How would you go in now changing your mindset? Or even bowling, would you change anything? Because you were so good at it. Yeah, bowling I would keep relatively the same. And, and defense, day one I was not playing very close to the wall. Um, I just found because you know I don't have the, the best lateral movement, but I think my reaction is pretty good. So defensively, right away, I am lining up very close to that to that wall that's the if you're facing towards the booth and you're yeah. facing towards rows that's the left hand corner of the warehouse gotcha okay i'm 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 crowding that corner but being slightly ahead of that back wall because i'm not i'm not going to jump 
how many feet in the air to really get a hand on something. And if something is a fly ball or a pop fly enough where mm. it's going to hit, then I still will have the reaction time to move backwards and get it. So I'm a little bit, a little bit of like space. there were people that were, there were people that were hugging that back wall. I was not a hug the back wall guy. Mm-hmm. I was right near at sidewall, but a little bit further away from that back wall. I do think the person that's to the left of you, if I'm like right by the wall, the person that's to the left of me that's in between that last defender and the bowler, I think that person should, should be, be a wall hugger. Just because I think the, the rate at which balls were, were going, if you, if you were to make a spray chart of where all the balls would go, I think they were going closer to like the back wall and faster yeah. towards that defender's direct direction between the bowler and that last defender towards the left. Again, if you're yeah. standing in the batter's box looking at the boot. So that's a little so, bit closer that, to the batter than the person in the corner too because since that back wall is straight, if you draw a straight line to the corner, it's going to be a little bit further away from the bat than the person that's right behind the pitcher. Right, right. So that would be the the defensive alignment that I would take right away because I think that let, that when I was in that alignment – I think I had some better defensive plays uh, game two and game three. Um, just as a team, man, just uh, – I don't know how you emphasize this, but Savage and Plouffe just – we can't get out. Like, dude, they, it's, not, it's not that they just got out. They got out really quick. Like, yeah. In the, and that really did hurt us. And, you know, I, I'm really, like, leaning on this, especially after day one, feeling like we had a – that game against Lovias was cl- when I rewatched it, it was much closer than I remembered because I remembered kind of just winning that game and feeling generally good about it because of the fact that we didn't hit as well as we thought. So I thought heading into game two and game three, it's like, all right, Sav's going to get more comfortable. Plouffe's going to get more comfortable with the rules and everything. They're going to hit line drives. They're going to understand the exact approach that they got to do. And we're going to score a lot of runs. So really the, the, the approach uh, just as a team is, mm-hmm those guys up more um but even just for myself just don't hit the ball in the air hit the ball forward i mean yeah any, right. anything with hitting the ball forward i popped out to the catcher i think three times three times um and it, it was it was crazy and yeah finding a way that i can get is even it feels like when i swing it feels like i have my hands right by my chest it's like i i feel like everything is right there and i'm like tight then I look at replays, and I even look at just my stance. My hands are out really far, and I have to I have to fix that. And I I don't know if it's like you know Get a short Aaron, compact swing. Yeah, yeah, and that's really what I have to. That's what I have to do is I yeah. have to get my hands more inside my body. So if people want to come in, similar if I were bowling and I was throwing to myself, I would attack myself yeah. the same way. You see that guy just coming around inside, the ball, like oh fly. easy. Yeah, so I would attack myself the same way, and that's just what I have to combat and get better at. Yeah. And talking about Plouffe, too, it's funny that you say that because there's so many swings he had. Even Darren Sammy was like, oh, he's got He's like, what a great swing. What an incredible competitor. He's never really played this before, and he's just so naturally gifted, and then he would get a, a quick out. Like It's tough because they mean so much more in uh, in this sport yep. than otherwise. Like, you get to have another at-bat later on in baseball, but in this sport, like it really, really affects the team in the immediacy. I wonder what his four and six rate was. Like if, if there's like a, I know you guys compile stats left and right. But that's like, that's like, in, that would be an interesting for me to, for me to hear about like, you know, not like four and six hit rate. Ploof had to sure. be up there. I'll get it. 
Like in in, uh, in, rel- in relation to how many hits he had. Yeah, or even just just the rate in in not even like in relation to just hits, but just the rate that he got fours and sixes. Because hmm. he didn't even get a lot of opportunities because they just you know him and Sav just got they, out. they were getting out. They yeah. were getting out for for at least two. You know, the second and the third game, it was it was relatively quick. Yeah, he had a forty eight. Point one five percent rate of hitting boundaries. That's crazy. Out of per ball's face, so this is fours plus sixes divided by balls faced. Yeah, um, which is not the high. It's up there, but like you have Luke who had a fifty percent clip. Uh, Jolly had a sixty-two point nine six. So he's Lou, almost half the time he's getting a boundary. Nine. Ball. Yeah. Oh, so these are the only people who are ahead of him. One, two, three. Four people. Four people. But to your, to your yeah. point, Panic, though, if, if that guy who's hitting boundaries at a 50% clip, if he's up all the time and doesn't get out, then you guys win more games. And simple as that. Right. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> That's crazy. You know who had the lowest? Was it Panic? <laughs> That's a, that's a fun game to play. <laughs> I'm really sorry to do this to you. I didn't have a, I didn't have a single one. You're, you had one. I'll do it. Oh. I had one. There you had go. one, and you are the only person uh, for this new stat that you just created to have under ten percent. <laughs> you, you did this to yourself. Uh, um, under ten percent uh, boundary clip. Way to go. Space. Way so, to go. We did it. We had to. You know, you are you? Are you down. like? Are you like you know? I feel like Yankee, you know, the Yankees themselves, or even like Yankee fans, they'll will do this where it's like, well, look at how bad it was. There's no way it's going to be that bad next year. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the reason for optimism. Instead of actually like working on something, just just be like, eh, there's no way it's going to be yeah, that. We, bad we've next we've hit year. rock bottom. <laughs> so it can only go up from here. Can't get it worse can. than that. <laughs> Can't get worse, but you can also get better. See. So. We'll figure it out. Um, so here's a question that's been on my mind pretty much since I saw you in there. And now we're going to shift away from playing for a little bit. Uh, so this is a two-part question. What were you expecting the fan reaction to you playing to be? And then when you saw the reception that you got, um, did it come as a surprise? Because I'll tell you right now, we said this before we started recording. I absolutely loved you in the tournament. I loved you in every video that's come out subsequent to the tournament uh, because I'm not really a football guy, so I'm not super familiar with your work before this. But I saw this and I was like, I commented on the, like I was telling you before, the Game of Life video that you guys did. I was like, we need Panic and more things now. So, like, I guess, what were you expecting? Did it surprise you or not? And you know, just yeah, whatever. I I try not to, especially now that you know I, I've I've done so many podcast episodes over the years. I was talking about this the other day with one of my buddies, where it's like I'm like approaching a thousand since 2018 of like That's just crazy. total episodes that I've produced and I've been part of and and, and all that jazz. So you know, it, it, I I try not to put expectations on overall reactions, and but I was I was pretty. I, I love the here's like why I feel like we all do this. So you get like validation. Like getting validation is a cool thing and I don't shy away from it. Right. And seeing like people in a community either that 
you know, I, I've built or I've helped built or the community that already is built, like the warehouse games and John Boy Media and, and you know, community that's still on, on the rise for sure. And seeing that, like, it's just, it's a cool feeling. So I didn't put any kind of, like, expectation on it um, because I feel like, I feel like if you put an expectation, it's kind of like a little bit of like a, with like a rival fallacy. And if you set a certain goal of like, I want to get this number of comments or I want to get like all positive comments or not. If, if I put like some sort of expectation on it and I didn't get that expectation that I would feel like I failed in hmm. some regard, which I don't like to feel that way with anything that I, that I really put out. But the validation was, was, was pretty cool. And seeing, uh, you know, it's any, anytime you see, a you know, a, a big guy moving fast and, you know, who has a, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a personality and I get so many John Candy comparisons. It's, it's so, I think I've Chris Rose has given you that before too. It, it's happened hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of times um, that, that I've been compared and I, and I, and I love that. And that's yeah. an athletic John Candy. I love that. So that's great. Um, so it's just cool to get the validation and, you know, the JM community is so great and so nice that, you know, seeing, hey, big guy making plays or, you know, moving around like that or, you know, we, we want more panic. Uh, it really, it took me back in the speed blitz ball. That's really when it really took me back because that was the first thing that I was really part of. And that was just like a little challenger series yeah. videos. And I just kept pumping strikes, pumping strikes, pumping, pumping strikes. Um, yeah, I remember seeing that like, oh, shit, he can like throw a little bit. And I, also, yeah. I was also excited to see like, oh, the funny umpire is here. <laughs> that was yeah. my reaction yeah. to that video. <laughs> that was like the first time that I was part of something like in the warehouse. So then seeing that feedback was cool. But even game one, I, I didn't watch much of the second and third games because I just didn't, I honestly didn't want to fully relive it. And then also not wanting to see, <laughs> it's like, oh boy, Penix sucks. Um, <laughs> not, I, I know there weren't probably a lot of people saying that because yeah. people are nice and they're not assholes, but um, right. You know, I just didn't want to like see it, but I did want to see like the good stuff and the fun stuff. It's like, yeah. wow, look at that diving play. So that that's that was really cool, and, I, and I'm glad that there are people that want to see me and more stuff that makes me feel great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this before with other guests that we've had on here, where it, it is kind of remarkable that the John Boy Media Art audience, for the most part, is like not a toxic internet community, which I it's feel like is amazing, yeah. incredibly rare, kind of surreal to say. Yeah. Um, so like I asked you this question, there was no shot in hell that I was like, yeah, Penick is fucking hated by the fan base and all this <laughs> stuff. Like <clears throat> I knew it was going to be a good thing. I knew it was going to be like an outpour of love. And even today in the Bino chat, I know uh, that you were doing that. I was in the Bino chat all, all day today and, just seeing all these comments being like, we want Penick to move on and whatever. <laughs> and I have a question from the Bino that I had. I mm -hmm. asked the Bino chat if they wanted to ask you. So uh, that'll come later. But like, it must be such an interesting feeling to be like, hey, you're the football guy. And then getting this entirely new fan base based off of like, hey, Penick's really funny. Uh, and he's pretty good at crits ball and hey this guy really likes hot dogs um <laughs> that, that i don't know if you were like oh, yeah. expecting before that yeah no I, again i i just being genuine and being authentic are like my two main goals in this where it's like if i'm not being genuine and i'm not being authentic then like i that's when people will sniff that out first of all and then you'll start to lose people so if i 
maybe if I was just doing this as like an act and I was doing this as like a facade, <laughs> then yeah. maybe I'd be really proud with, whoa, like look at the reaction that that's getting because I really tried hard to put on that kind right. of piece mm. and that kind of show. But Pettig actually hates honestly, hot like it's just, it's just well, that, that I, if you want to hear the origin story of that, I kind of I kind of started that out of spite of, of, of something. I started that. Out I didn't of know anger. that. Okay. Um, so we, I mean, we, we I do know that. that you don't like mustard. I don't uh, like mustard, which really. I thought was so, I'm so funny. Glad you're on this you, team. There was people are so I against what, ketchup on hot dogs, and I'm sick of it. I I forget which video it was on, but there was something where you were eating a hot dog, and you're like. Yeah, I'm kind of like just trying to force myself to like mustard because everybody likes mustard on their hot dog. And I was it's like, the game this of is life ridiculous. I would never in my life. I hate condiments. I'm a big condiment hater. All condiments? Because I'm most condiment. I've, I've gotten better over the years. Um, so but like ketchup, ketchup and either. mustard are two big no's for me. Wow. Massive no's. My wife thinks I'm fucking crazy. She <laughs> well, loves you, ketchup. Usually, you should like one of them. But anyway, so go into the origin well, story of this uh, hot dog thing. Yeah, so go the for the or- hot dog origins. The origin story, well, well mustard, um, I hate it. From the um, I, I feel pressured by society to like it. Right. Because <laughs> I started should. posting videos of me eating hot dogs last year because the Giants started to, they, they, the Giants, eat, they were so nice, so they weren't like, they didn't threaten us or anything like, oh, we shut this down or else. Yeah. But we go and we cover training camp. We're talking Giants. That's that's the main thing that I do. Right. So we cover training camp whenever it's open to the public. And we were taking videos of stuff that they didn't want us to be taking videos of practice. Just just practice. We weren't doing anything crazy. But they didn't allow the beat reporters to do it. So uh... then since we're fan media and we're, you know, we have a lot of the reporters that follow us since we were posting and filming them. The reporters would be like, well, we're just going to use what, what these guys put out since we can't do it. So they were sharing it, and then it got caught on to national media, and it was just being shared and probably dis- you know, distributed not at a rate that the Giants wanted or really right. anything at all. They didn't really want anything at all out there. So they gave us a, hey, don't do this. Um, so I was mad, and I was like, yeah, I get it. Even though it's dumb, like and like the Titans that we played Week One last year, the Tennessee Titans are not looking at my Twitter feed trying to figure <laughs> out what the Giants are going to be doing on September right. 11th, 2022. Uh, yeah, like they're not like searching my Twitter feeds. So football people are very paranoid, and I got a little upset about that. So it's like, well, if we're not going to be putting out practice videos and filming practices so much, what dumb thing can I do? So the next day that that happened, <laughs> I said. I get I get like one or two hot dogs every day anyway because practices start at 10 a.m. We get in there at 9 a.m. and the practice lasts for about you know two hours, and we got to film stuff. We record interviews. We go back to the warehouse and we live stream. So it's like a whole day. So I'm not eating until you know probably the same time that I'd be eating dinner tonight. <laughs> so I got to eat something in the morning. So I there would be a hot dog truck that would be open. So I get two hot dogs. So I said I'm just gonna film myself eating these hot dogs. <laughs> and just not have any reaction and just like and it just caught on like, when i say i post me eating hot dogs at 9 15 9 30 in the morning and there will be sometimes 50 to 60 people <laughs> that feel the need to reply and comment yes. how i eat them oh, what yeah. i'm putting on them food you know, internet people a, are so aggressive i'm at a giants free practice at 10 a.m in the morning 
and it's like you gotta put kraut and you gotta put this on it's like i have ketchup and mustard available and this was at the time i think i just put mustard i may have just raw dogged because i didn't like mustard raw dog right so I was. Wait, is it, are these like giants people coming after you? Or are these just anyone on the internet? All corners. Well, this, this is the hot dog community. I, my, my followers are community and, and okay. stuff like that. Um, you know, <clears> Joey Chestnut, you know, the like. Right. Feeling the need to comment on this, so I just did it every day. Um, sometimes I would, you know, do something intentionally, like, hey, I'm, I'm raw dogging this, whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, you're crazy. Like Jolly, Jolly all off. the time says. Like panic, you're crazy for raw dog and two dogs at nine a.m. Like you just, you're crazy, pop. Um, so, <laughs> so it just became a thing last year, and I, this year I felt the effects after like the last. Day, I think there were like thirteen or fourteen Giants practices in total, and they came very much like all in a row of like two and a half weeks. I was starting to feel the effects of Ajita. I was yeah. like, towards the yeah. end, I'm like, this needs to stop because yeah, it well, got, got I mean. It's also like, what are you putting on it? If you're putting ketchup on it, that's already an acidic yeah. thing. And I'm putting so, both. So I, I compromised, and I would be like, one with ketchup, one with mustard. I would hate the one with mustard. Yeah. This doesn't sound it's like not a compromise. Yeah, it sounds just, like you, you like just one, you giving hate one. in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah a, comp- a compromise for people, people to not b- bully me on the internet. Okay. You know what you should do? You should do that thing that that guy on TikTok does with the sandwiches. What's it called? Ro- roll for sandwich, oh, the where he takes the uh, he takes like Dungeons and Dragons dice, and he rolls and has a stuff bunch of options. To see, like what right. sandwich he would do. Like he'd do a twenty sided dice for like the sauce that he'd put on it, and for, like a six sided one for the bread and whatnot, and just get that going. Just what's the craziest fucking hot dog you can make? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that's I think what I'm it's gotta that. be. That's a good video. It's, it's an absolute... Justin, I'm going to find this. I'm going to send you this guy doing sandwiches. And you and I'm going to send it to you on Twitter. Copy the format. Um, copy the format 100%. Buy yourself some dice. Just get it going. <laughs> at, the, at the Giants tailgate. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch absolutely. of Dungeons and Dragons stuff. That's what's going to happen. Do you have a, a record for most you've done in the day? Personal record? I mean, I, I try not to push a piss. I mean, maybe when I was younger, but like two, I try yeah. not to put. People think I just eat them left and right. It's two I in the morning, and, and, and I, I got to tell you, I've gotten to the point <laughs> where I'm out on a hot dog at four or five p.m. You is more of a breakfast food for you now? Not the same. I don't <laughs> like it. It just don't it's like got it. more of a feel for it's now. Yeah. It's different. I might have to. Try you that. created this brand for yourself, and now you're out. Breakfast on dogs. It. Mm-hmm. Gotta put How do you feel it? about uh, chicken hot dogs or turkey hot dogs? I've never had a chicken or turkey hot dog. Well, they're bad. Don't I've try had them. to. They're hard. I've I'm had to for of most like, of my life. Turkey burgers, turkey, turkey bacon, burgers can get it. Yep. turkey sausage. Yeah. I'm a fan of all of that, and I've never had a turkey hot yeah, dog. Don't bother with the hot I've dogs. I've only had it because I have an awful, awful stomach. If I have a regular hot dog, it's coming back up. Peter has so, the body. Chicken? He's had the body of a six-year-old man since he was born. So you stop that, Brandon. <laughs> six-year-old man. You, you stop that. I've had the organs of a six-year-old <laughs> yes, man yes, since, the I in, since I was a teenager. <laughs> but um, I, I asked about the record though because I have a, a friend, Pete, not this Pete, a uh, different guy who tried lied. to. He he set these parameters for himself. He's like, I'm going to eat 50 hot dogs <laughs> in one day, and he got 11 dogs in, and he had to finish the bun too. He only had seven of the buns, and he had 11 of the meats. Didn't even come close to fifty. Can I tell you a goal. Oh, uh, okay. So we've 
we've been uh we've been in contact for the last couple of years with like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Okay. I want to participate in it one 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 day. But I want to come in last. <laughs> you stop it. So you're, you're, you're eating it and enjoying it. And you just finish at two like, oh, delicious. And you just yeah. <laughs> walk yeah. off. Oh, Joey Chestnut just finished 70 by the time that I finished two. <laughs> really just okay. take your time. Fantastic. Get a knife and fork. Hey, how many people can say that in the world? Like, that you in last. I finished in last place in Nathan's Hot Dog I don't dog know. Eating. How many hot dog eating contests have there been? Probably that many. Yeah. So you, so you, you, know what you I like do have a contact. Is it, this is a possibility then. I I hope so. Okay, it's Joey but himself. If you do it, I will go. I, I've never gone and seen it in person. I would love to go. The main thing it's in with Brooklyn. them, I know, I just don't go. The main thing with them is that it's like they've asked us, like, "Oh, do you just want to go and watch?" It's like, no, well, I want to be. I want to be on the stage. Want to go? Want to go and like we, we got to film this? Like this is what we do. Like <laughs> right. come on. So that's like a big goal of mine that I want to do it. And I'm I here. Finish unless whatever you need from me, I will help push this. This is great. Love it. Yeah, bullying. Only on guns. Okay, yeah, I, I can do that. Hey, Nathan's, you guys are cowards. <laughs> Let this man finish last. Let Justin Panic do it. This Let guy Justin I talked to on the internet that's me. on crack called you a pussy, Nathan's. <laughs> His favorite you know what word I like to use. On hot dogs? I like one condiment on hot dog. Yeah. I like hot sauce on hot dog. That's hot, hot sauce? Dish. That's bad. <laughs> this world. That doesn't even like fit. That's a nonsense. That's, I mean, I, 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 I like What? It'll like get in the bun. It'll like smear in the bun. Not smear because it's like it'll like soak into it. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm even saying. Like it doesn't even stay. It's not. It's I, the not whole point thick of enough. a condiment. The whole thing of a condiment is that you put it on the the dog and the meat. Yeah, it's itself. too. It's too not, loose. I put yeah. it on the I put it on the dog. I have this nice pickle hot sauce that I have that is like you don't need the weird texture of relish. To get the pickle flavor and uh, a little bit of heat, and it's like the perfect hot dog condiment. Interesting. I think it could supplement something for me personally, it, I, but it can't no. be by itself. Wrong, Brendan. Sorry, <laughs> okay. I'm the All fat right. one on this pod. All right. <laughs> I'm fatter than you, so I get final say. <laughs> Just you wait. Give me, give me two months. I'll get. I'll catch up. Nope. Nope. Brendan. Nope. You're All a runner. Right. You can't get fat. It's That's in your true. contract. Um, since we're so um, far off of the. Blitzball stuff, and we're, are we in like I guess kind of football territory a little bit with the hot dogs in the parking lots and stuff? Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so me, me, neither of me and Peter are football people. What would you say as like a football big football guy to convince us to like watch and enjoy football? Like, what do you, what is your pitch on football to the general sports fan or like a baseball guy? What is there to love about every it? every play matters, every game matters. Um, you know, uh, there's. Baseball, there's 162 chances, and you know you. Well, you, you don't have, have to like, shoot on baseball to pitch this, buddy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, 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 I'm not even. I'm not oh, even wow. shitting on baseball. I'm really like, not. Like, I what see is where this is going. Job. No, but even like you'll you'll hear like, are you are you are you guys Yankee fans? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you'll even hear Aaron Boone. You know, be like, you know, even this is not now, not now. But even that's like a yeah. few weeks ago. Like to say the quote, it's right in front of us. It's right in front yeah, of us. Yeah, and just be like, right. holy fans, shit, are you kidding me? Just like, and the fans are rolling their, their eyes yeah, because yeah. you're watching the team all year. But all it honestly did take was a two week stretch where they got hot and everybody would be back in, right? Right. So that's the thing with baseball, where it's, oh man, like with with football, you know, week one is so important. Like I like week one is like circled on my calendar right now as like I am 
I am going to be really emotionally hurt if the Giants lose <laughs> week one. Like, the season's not over if you're own one. Right, right. But winning week one means so much. You know, even going back to last year, if you looked at, like, my pinned tweet of, like, I, I went to Nashville, I went to that Giants-Titans game, uh, the Giants played bad game but they were kind of in it at the end and they made some fun plays and the kicker misses a 40 something yard field goal to win the game and i freaked out i freaked out and i just you know i gave like the line of i did not come here to lose and it's and it's like lived on yeah um you know so full, full, every game matters it's like a huge um, momentum a, shifter on those games if, not if many you like you like a little bit of violence too like and, and i some people don't some people don't like the the violent aspect of the game you know I, I i do um i like hitting people i liked growing up i liked you know putting on the pads and hitting people and and moving people as like an offensive lineman so um i like the violence aspect of the game i love the strategy aspect of the game too you know every single play there's there's a chess match that's going on and coaching is so important schematics is so important mm-hmm. Um, That's know, one thing I do appreciate things. about it a lot is like the coaches in this sport actually do stuff where it feels like the yeah. coaches in baseball maybe are more so like the during practice they're a bigger deal but like the plays every single play is actually called by the the coaches yeah. like, they just did it it's yeah like, for sure um, so I, I I and I think it's just it's the best sport in America I I I really do because also you have the you have the community aspect of it too where you, know, you can go. Anywhere, whether it's fantasy football with uh, with with your friends, and I think fantasy football and sports betting is the main difference as to why football is on top. Especially mm-hmm. sports betting has kind of taken over, but fantasy football has been here for mm-hmm. really a decade plus, and it's continued to grow. I um, mean, it's kind of morphing into daily fantasy and and that kind of stuff. But fantasy football really is what really took football from, um, I think, just sport that everybody watched but now it's a sport that everybody like lives and dies by because you because you also have like skin in the skin in the game as well um and it's not just your own favorite team that's on but you can connect with even somebody on the arizona cardinals because you drafted the receiver in the eighth round um and you think he's going to be a steal this year yeah um and that's what you're watching for on on a thursday night versus baseball versus other sports i'll stop throwing baseball <laughs> yeah, just kidding Ver- <laughs> Versus versus other sports, you may not have that same investment. Even though those sports have fantasy, yeah, you're still not just going to watch them because also it's on every night. And it's like, right. well, I can just watch this basketball game. I can just watch this hockey game. I can also just watch this baseball game. You know, that's tomorrow or whenever I'm free. Versus football, right. it doesn't happen that it's often. A whole event. So you better be free and you better be ready to rock and roll and go to war with your yeah. team um, because you won't have that many chances to do it. And people right. do, but everybody puts aside time on Sundays for that stuff. Uh, and, and to your point about the fantasy, too, I've, I found myself being a baseball fan like maybe four years ago, and I finally like actually put money into a fantasy league. I was like, oh, now I'm actually going to pay attention, pay attention. I became such a bigger fan of the sport just because I was forced to pay attention to it at like a more intimate level. And so yeah. I, I could totally see that being a good gateway for people to fully enjoy a sport a shit ton, is to almost like, yeah. like gamify it yourself. Yeah, and I think the difference between like Fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball, you know, whether it's hockey, there are people that really love fantasy hockey. You have to manage those lineups every day. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and it takes like a time commitment versus fantasy football. That still takes a time commitment if you want to do it right. But, you know, you'll have five days to set your lineup, you know, four days if there's a, you know, there's a game on Monday night. So then you'll have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all day until eight o'clock set your lineup and to make your moves and do whatever versus those, you know, those other sports there. 
you know, their every day and managing that. So that's why I think people are also just really there. Football is a very easy sport to watch, even though like if you're in it, you're in it and you're living and dying with every play. But there's natural pauses, there's natural breaks, there's 40 seconds in between plays. Each play lasts about, you know, maybe somewhere between eight to 15 seconds if it's not like a 50, 60, 70 yard play. Um, you know, so then it's, it's quick. Uh, the commercial breaks, there's natural commercial breaks versus other, you know, versus other sports, like even baseball, minute and a half. And it's quick and, and you're, and you're right back, um, versus yeah. football. I mean, there's commercial breaks that go for, you know, two, two and a half minutes, three minutes. And, you know, you can go get more food. You can go wherever you can go to the bathroom. You can do whatever. And there's a lot more pauses, um, in between games. So uh, like a 60 minute game, it's three hours, right. You know, on the time. So. I think I think one of my problems with it is that it is on Sundays and it starts in September. My friends start asking me to hang out on Sundays and I hate when my friends ask me to hang out on Sundays. I want to be left alone and I don't want to drink on Sundays either because I don't drink on weeknights. So personally, I think you guys should just shift it one day back and I'm in. Well, then you, well, then you love college. Love college. <laughs> okay, I guess that's true. College football. I mean, there's I, I one really... thing that people in the Northeast... That are that didn't go to Rutgers love. It's college football. Yeah, I mean, really, there <laughs> there are a lot of people that enjoy college football more than the NFL. I've heard that too. Yeah, because it, it's a and it's 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 simple. Have kids that are really you know, most of them are playing for a program. They're not playing a go in the NFL. There's you know two hundred fifty forty ish you know, college kids that get drafted every single year to the NFL out of how many that actually play division one college football, let alone division two, II, division three, some of the other smaller schools. Um, so it's like, it's, it's more simple in its form where, you know, you're playing, you're playing for school pride. You're playing for, you know, you I think the culture just of like band culture mm. is certainly better. With see, the stadiums are rocking. There's more people in some of these stadiums where if you look down South SEC, you're getting a hundred thousand people in, in, in a stadium versus the NFL, like MetLife has one of the most popu- like, uh, populated stadiums, and it's at like 82, 83,000. Yeah. Versus, yeah. you know, like these SEC Big Ten schools, you're packing 90,000 at least with some of these big schools. So um, college football, that's for you. Okay. For you, Brendy. Pick a team and support them. I'm going to go back to grad school just so I can get into one of the teams. <laughs> just <laughs> start, go to start a degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, Shifting back to the warehouse, and this is my last warehouse-related question. Have you considered pitching a, like, warehouseified football or even bowling tournament to Jimmy? Because obviously, uh, what's it called was done a while back, uh, mini golf, right? Yep. So could you pitch something, at least on the bowling side, that was similar to that? Or could you pit? Do you think that you could come out with a satisfactorily warehouseified football type game? I definitely think bowling is more realistic. Um, football's tough because you know people will get hurt, and that's right. the main thing that you want to avoid. I mean, you even saw it with Shelfie this this past tournament. You know, yeah. there's when you're doing the ball and play, and you're it's a lot of running, it's a lot of movement, it's a lot of stopping and starting, and that's where you get like you know, in, in the danger of having some of those injuries like Shelfie had, which was terrible. And you, you gotta really gotta stretch. And you think that you can kind of just go out there and be like, oh, I'm just playing a warehouse game. And you you really gotta stretch. So I think football 
I think football challenges, if that's something that we want to go to, and that's something that we can just do like on our own like individual mm-hmm. social channels and just use the warehouse space, and maybe not actually be like a franchise or anything on Warehouse Games channel. Right. But bowling is definitely, I think, much more of a realistic um, opportunity. I haven't pitched it to Jimmy yet because I think the company now is in a very big oh go go. Like we are just right. going. We're putting on productions. We're seeing what's working. We're seeing what's not. We're establishing. I feel like we're still establishing. Like this past Blitzball battle was one of the first, like, really big, like, establishing tournaments of now. Like those are like the the landmarks and the goals that the company looks at just from a business standpoint, they hit those. And I think they, you know, and I think they kind of even went above like what they, what they were thinking and those expectations for the latest Blitzball battle. Mm-hmm. So as things kind of settle down and the more that we get established, I think the more that creators will be able to kind of pitch, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? I'm also a big racing guy. Yes. And I, I'm never going to give up the goal of building a racetrack Hell inside yes. the warehouse and putting wow. go-karts in there and racing those. Please um, do. I that is that is a goal that I will that I will never ever give up and that's something that is really challenging but that is also something that probably nobody very few people have ever done. Um but even right. like bowling candle pin bowling i think is very easy to replicate instead of like a full-fledged bowling alley where you got to oil it down and you got to get the pin resetters yeah candle pin bowling is it's kind of i think it's like very easy to operate you can even do it yourself it's kind of like with the smaller balls you don't really need the skill of like real bowling of you know if you want to actually lift the ball and get revolutions on the ball Uh... you have an advantage versus candle pin bowling um it's just where you place the ball um, so I think it kind of it, it bridges the skill gap between um, if you're like an experienced bowler or a non-experienced bowler. So um, that that's definitely like a realistic goal that I that I have for the warehouse. But kind of two two different things that maybe I would like to work on. And I think this is like very like long term long term right. stuff. Yeah, candlepin bowling is the one that's popular in New England, right? Very. It's like only popular there. Okay. Oh. Okay, I've heard weirdos of it. up there. That would be cool because the warehouse thrives on these like, like the quirky things, the quirky mm-hmm. things. That's a really good way of putting it. I think duck pin so bowling would be... would be the closest comparison to it. I think what people have heard of that. that? Duck, duck pin. Oh, pin. This, it's a short. Yeah, it's, it's here. What is it? It's a shorter one. What is it's it like a shorter that, uh, bowling pin. It's WD. What is regular bowling called? Ten pin. Ten yeah, like pin? ten pin bowling. Yeah. Is there not 10 pins? If in you go to Google Images, there's like a graphic duck? of it. There's a 5-pin, duck pin, candle pin, 10-pin. What? Bowling is so much more deep than I've ever thought. <laughs> I know. We're, we're learning a lot here. <laughs> this is crazy. You've said the word bowling 27,000 times on this podcast, and I really love it. <laughs> we really have. Good. That's what we're doing. You know what, Justin? How do you feel about staying on for another two hours just to talk about bowling? <laughs> yes. Teach us more about it. I'm still like, stuck on the, the Mario Kart aspect of the the uh, the warehouse like that'd be so cool if you could like, somehow get a track to go up and into the the owner's box and come back back out of the the suite up there and then come back down that would like be crazy that'd be nuts you're that would thinking be a little crazy. that's gonna be a little too much to do I don't know I don't know I don't know if, I don't know if that'll go on there used the to be just big not, fucking rugs back there and now it, it is pretty what it's become so Who knows? get into a dumb waiter and somebody like crank you up to the top <laughs> that'd be so great there's a line um, but. Uh, as I said before, I was in the Bino chat today for the tournament. Yeah. Justin Pennick, was this your debut in the Bino tournament? 
Yes. Wow. And, First time. Well, at Huge. least the televised. They're the, the one on YouTube, the live stream. And uh, Brendan, did you watch? No, I work a job. Justin did. So did I. So do I, but I still watched. Uh, <laughs> you work? Justin did very well. Justin did very, very well. Um, and I asked in the chat, I said, oh, hey, guys. First off, I have, I got everybody to start calling you Penino. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I got Penino going. I got Paxtino going. Daltino. Um, uh, Daltino Houdino is what I called him. <laughs> Because he called himself Dalton Houdini for some reason. Uh, but I asked in the chat, I said, hey, interviewing Penniclator, what do you want to know? And what they wanted to know is, do you think that the robe cursed you today in the tournament? No. no. Wearing That's just, my robe, sure? by the way. You're wearing just That's a robe? That's my robe. Anything underneath? No, nothing. Good. He wore just a robe, nothing underneath. He made it very well. No, He like turned his back to the camera and opened it so up. It was, it, saw. Okay. Yeah. So you played with it open. It, was trying to distract Jake. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't work worked for it. a little it worked. bit. Yeah. <laughs> worked for a little bit. Jake, Jake yeah. was rattled a little bit, but no, I, that's my robe. Like that's, I found that one day at the office and it, it gets cold in the office. Like oddly, like very yeah. oddly cold. So then I just put it on one day and I claimed it. I said, that's my robe. Like nobody, it's mine. nobody, nobody ever it. And fucking touch this robe. Kevin wore it one day, you know, uh, umpire ref Kevin. Yes. Socials he had to Kevin. Him up. He wore it one day and I said, what are you doing with my rope? It's, and he got like, he got like <laughs> mad at me. He's like, what, what's up with you thinking that everything's yours? And I'm like, did you just <laughs> psychoanalyze me for a second? No, <laughs> <What>? but, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, that's my rope. I, 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 I wear it all the time. So that robe does not, it better not curse me. Better not curse I don't know. People who were wearing, you know, Joe's wore that coat. Well, Joe's he got is cursed. cursed. Well, yeah, you're spoiling the tournament for me. I guess Penick didn't make Joe's, it all the way. Uh, what? I guess Penick didn't make it all the way. You, you spoiled who said the that? Whole he tournament. could have been cursed with greatness. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize. You don't know that. <laughs> it better not have cursed me with greatness. Joe's, <laughs> I'll spoil this for you. Joe's cursed Jolly. He jinxed Jolly. So. It seems like just like a, a lot of hijinks was going on. Yeah. Joe's jinxed everyone. He was jinxed McFly today. Wow. It's it was crazy. crazy. Um, and then into our big segment. Oh, wait, wait quick. I was a little bit more about Bino. Um, Bino. Is, is almost everyone in the office like pretty fluent in Bino? Everyone just, do, you just, do you guys just play, play on the side a lot? or How, how good fluent is, like, is the, the worst word. player? We, we played it a lot more a couple months ago. Um, where it was like a, but yeah, it used to be like there would be a major league and a minor league right. where it would be structured tournaments like every month um it's gotten less structured as 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 time has kind of gone on we we just we needed to have a stream today to kind of you know we had that uh you know the the like the obligation with being you know to kind of fill like that sponsor requirement but i mean for for probably like a year it was major league minor league and you would compete to want to get to the majors and go on that stream that they would eventually stream um it was certainly a lot of it, would, and even like me, where I I just started going to the office uh, pretty pretty consistently towards like the end of 2022. Um, but even like even not even being in like the majors and the minors, it would just be like you want to play Bino for 20 25 minutes, and it's like right. yeah, so we would we would just do that. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool to like see sometimes I'll be watching like the um, 
behind the scenes footage of just like the the weekly vlog or whatever and people just be yeah. like more back in the day i guess like you're right like people just kind of just flicking back and forth like that's, that's a nice what a nice little working environment this <laughs> 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 sound a little dirty but uh so now we'll go into our segment big segment big draw of the show this is where people come back after the first question uh we have a friend <laughs> named chris who <laughs> we are in a group chat with to talk about the warehouse games sports uh, he has not watched either of the past two tournaments, he does but not he's familiar to the with the players. Does not listen to this show, uh, but we have to- asked him to ask every guest that we've had so far a question, and he's delivered on all but one. He 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 just completely ignored us when we had Nate on, ref Nate on the show. Um, he's like referee but for you. That, so luckily, you've, you're a player now, not just a ref, because he would have ignored exactly. you. Exactly, he would have ignored you, but. Uh, his question to you is that he saw a report that only Dayball can get Gronk out of retirement. Do you think Gronk can help Danny Dimes and Saquads take the Giants to the promised land? He would help, but yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think he's coming. No, <laughs> I don't. That is. would be sick because um, you know if you're, if you're a football fan, you know that. Darren Waller's an exciting tight end. The Giants traded for him this offseason. Like having Darren Waller, who's like really good receiving tight end, like one of the best in the in the league, and then having Gronk, who is still like not as old as you think he would be, but he he certainly, you know, he still can move. But him moving now compared to even like 2015, 2016, it's certainly it's certainly not the same. Um but even like now, he's like an incredible blocker. So having like that dichotomy of like it's really good blocker who can still catch the ball, and Aaron Waller is like so good at receiving. Like that would be super fun. And if the Giants were like in this mode where it's like we are Super Bowl or bust, which they're very much not, and I would say yeah, like go out and do it. Like why? Like if the Giants were the Jets, like yeah, go get Gronk. Like why not? Let's just keep adding veterans to this already like kind of suspect team but with a lot of superstars on it to begin with um so yeah i guess it's cool that brian dable has that leverage on even like a superstar like rob gronkowski but i unfortunately do not think it's going to happen no okay be sick not gonna happen sorry chris he's not listening to this so he doesn't really care Uh, (laughs) but our new football audience does care our new football audience uh does care my brother is a giant a giant giants fan (laughs) um (laughs) he works at metlife uh, he's worked there for the past couple of years for the Giants, helping with like ticketing and stuff. Um, massive Giants fan. Him and my dad are season ticket holders, all that. Uh, he had a question for you as well about the Giants. Did your dad like <clears throat> this his, him more than you, Peter? How dare you? <laughs> so I guess that's James. He does. <laughs> How dare you? Seems like the bond that they have that you don't. <laughs> the show's over. Let's go home. <laughs> um, <laughs> So he, my brother wanted to let you know, and his name is Matthew. He said, how do you feel about two rookie cornerbacks? I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a football guy. I don't know if that means how do you feel about the two two rookie quarterbacks or if there are two rookie cornerbacks that are starting or I hope you have enough information for this. Oh, I do. I, that, <laughs> okay. that is a perfect, that is a perfect enough information based on that question. Um, how do I, so there's two rookie cornerbacks that are right now projected to start for the Giants and it's mostly because they don't have a uh, they don't have a slot corner. So typically 
as a defense, you're running out of, you know, kind of like your nickel, your nickel personnel. And that's with your three cornerbacks, your two safeties, your two interior linebackers, and most time there's four down linemen. Um there's a lot of offenses now they're putting multiple wide receivers on like more than two they're putting three sometimes four they're putting their tight ends out wide too so you need to have a lot of corners that can go out there and cover these guys so giants i think it's because they just don't have a slot corner they're they're putting their veteran in the slot and they're having two rookies start on the outside one a first round pick who was going to start anyway and then another uh six round pick so there's seventh round there's seven rounds in the nfl draft this is day three this is when you know, you'll get real football fans are still watching day three of the draft and reacting to day three of the draft and getting excited or maybe not excited about the picks that are made. So this guy, Trey Hawkins from Old Dominion, he's fun. He's physical. He's fast. And he's, he's long. And, you know, that was a guy, it was a draft pick that we really liked, but we understood that if he was a six-round pick, maybe need a little time to develop. Turns out, no. He's, like, starting, and they're, like, thrusting him in there. So um, I'm, I'm a little worried, not because I don't believe in the players, just because it's cornerback is like one of those positions that that's really hard to transition to in the NFL. It's like quarterback and like corner are like two of the hardest positions to go from college to the NFL, just because everything is so much different. Everything is so much faster. So um, I'm excited for those guys, but I hope they're not thrown into the fire too quick. Um, that's good. Uh, I started looking, I typed in Trey Hawkins, looked it up, found out what the name of the giants defensive coordinator is. And I think it's my favorite name of all time. <laughs> okay. Let's hear uh, it. It is Wink Martindale. Oh. So that is a fantastic name. Holy moly. This guy, if your name is Wink Martindale mm. and you don't become something great, look at there's some no pictures way. of him. Look at it, some pictures of him. Oh my god, we're going we're going all in. Wink His name is cool Don? Brendan, yeah, is this Wink, your dad? Wink Don Martindale. Don Martin. This oh, guy yeah. looks like he'll beat the fucking shit out of you if you cry. <laughs> oh my god, this guy looks Wait, so I'm, angry. I'm, I'm getting an 89 year old DJ. <laughs> That's him. Okay. That's him, Brendan. Looks great. Oh my goodness, this guy looks like, <laughs> guy looks like he used dead. to play baseball, like back in like the 70s and 80s. And then they were like, "You want to try coaching football?" He's like, "Fuck it, whatever," fucking and fun. then yeah. just joined. He looks so cool. He wears a shirt with. No sleeves cut off, but then under the shirt, it's compression <laughs> sleeves every Crazy. single day. And it's, he wears a hat and sunglasses, Oakley, like Oakley, like baseball, you know, baseball glasses every single day. And he's, he just looks at ass and he's like an awesome, he's an awesome dude. You met him or talked to him? No, but you want to know what? So here's, so here's a behind the scenes story too. So he's the defense coordinator for the Giants. So typically, right. like, the hierarchy of, of coaches in the football, you have your head coach, your offensive play caller, and your defensive play caller. So Wink calls the defensive plays. And we made a shirt last year called Pressure Breaks Pipes. And we put, you know, kind of the design team, Matt and Blake do a great job. Sarah is a part of it too now. And they drew out kind of like a, a – they drew out like a cartoon face of Wink, and they put Wink on the hat. Um, with like him in glasses and the hat, and it, and it looks sick. I think he had like a chain on too. Um, so we get a DM from the John Boy Media main account from somebody who works for the Giants, and Bobby and I, my my partner and I, Bobby, were like, "Ah, oh, crap! Like, don't don't give in. Like, we're like Kyle, don't don't give in. Don't tell him anything. Like, don't because we're thinking like we're gonna get like <laughs> cease and desist and all this stuff. Like, they're coming after us for what? Like, what do we do? We didn't do anything." So then it turns out that that Wink Martindale saw the shirts and he wanted some of them. 
they're like, oh, yeah, we can do that. So we just sent a <laughs> sent a bunch of shirts to him and the family. That's awesome. It's a shame. I think the coaches they're all like obligated to wear like NFL license, right. and otherwise Nike, Nike license stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we haven't seen Wink in the shirts, but he wears. Um, I'm confident one day that that may happen. So he has some of those shirts. <laughs> that is awesome. That. That's that cool. is amazing. But. That's yeah, crazy. I think that Peter, I'll be I, I was serious end. when I, I I just googled Wink Martindale, not Don Martindale. If you Google just Wink Martindale, the first I guy did that comes too, up, Brandon. I don't is, know. I swear to my my Google sent me right. To, <laughs> I didn't know there was such thing as nine year old DJs. I'm still floored by that that information. I Pretty I'm incredible. on the same thing, Brendy. I typed in Wink <laughs> I have a very, Martindale, a very and special I internet over here. Oh, I see what you mean, like a radio DJ. I guess yeah, it must be. Be a radio personality, not like a DJ like. I mean, you, you never know. <laughs> But that brings us to the end, and now we're not going to forget to do plugs this week. Oh, we never we, so we forgot to ask if uh, Penning has any questions for us. Oh, that's right. We forget this segment constantly. Do you have any questions for us? <laughs> it's such a stupid question for a podcast. <laughs> this this it's a great this, question. This may sound weird, but do you guys? And because it, it sounds it's, it sounds it sounds like you do. <laughs> You think I'm cute, number one. Yes, Number two, you guys like genuinely enjoy this show because it seems like you do, and I hope you do. What, doing this show, the podcast? Yes. yes. Yeah, <laughs> Brendan, Brendan is uh, one of my best friends from college. He lives on Long Island. I lived with him for a year and then moved back to New Jersey. So it's a really nice way to like stay in contact, see him every single week, and then also we get to talk about you know, nonsense on the internet. That we both just love to watch. Yeah, it, it, so get, it gets our gets our jollies out. I mean, there's a couple episodes we talked about how it started with Blitzball Battle, and we were just before the third one, we were texting it back and forth, like almost doing preseason stuff for it, and just like, oh, I can't wait for this. Oh, I wonder if this person like many adjustments. Like we were talking about it as if it was real sport, and it, and it is to us. Um, but we're like, why don't we just put this into the airwaves? Um, and now we can more we can more fully flesh out our thoughts and feelings, and we're we're getting deeper into the weeds. Was I, I think is making it more fun than just having like a text chain back and forth about it. So it's making us enjoy warehouse games even more. And then I just right. I love podcasting in general. I, I think this is such a fun format. Um, yeah, this has inspired me to even Brandon get better has six at it. I, I have a few, um, but you guys six may be an over. It might I think it's somewhere four or five. around there. Yeah, four or five. Um, but you guys have inspired me to just get better at this and now take it further too. So. Uh, I appreciate John Boy Media for everything. They're, no, I'm I'm right. really thankful for for you guys because uh, at you know at the end of the day, um, you know J- Jimmy's so I mean Jimmy's living not in the warehouse, but he's like li- he's living in the warehouse. Like that's that's like where his like yeah. main attention is is really going to, and 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 as it should, and it, it's fantastic to see the community growing, and I think it's. This these kinds of shows and this type of community building that will really make it last and it will make it grow. So that right. like I'm I'm in this for community. Like yeah. uh, at the end of the day, it's it's you know oh I don't I don't feel most validated when I you know when we put out a you know a Giants podcast or a stream or whatever we see that it's one of we see on YouTube it's one of ten and like yes cool um, or we break records whatever. I feel most validated and I feel most rewarded when we have any time like whether it's a watch party like in-person events whether it's a watch party whether it's a tailgate 
whether it's like an event at MetLife Stadium where it's like we tell like, hey, come to this place and you know, let's hang out, let's talk Giants, let's watch Giants, let's root for this football team together. Um, like that, those are like my favorite things that we do, and I think this podcast is like a great first step to making like what Jimmy and Jake have built with Talking Yanks, Talking Baseball, what Bobby and I have built with Talking Giants, you know, really the established communities of people that are already within John Boy Media. This podcast is like a great step to getting there in terms yeah. of the rest of the properties that are within the company. So I'm very thankful yeah. for you guys. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank in, you in, very in, much. In addition to like just loving talking to Pete every week too, it is, it's just so cool to be able to talk to the people like you that are in there. Like we, we didn't think when we started this that we would get to talk to the people that are on the field. Like not that you're, you're like huge yeah. celebrities, but to us you sort of are, and to a lot of people I'm sure you guys are. So it's really cool to get uh, insider information like this too. We we love it. I tell people about work, about this stuff, and they're like, "You get to do what?" Because like you kind of forget uh, that YouTube isn't really just for kids anymore. And like I'm 30 years old, you know what I mean? The people who I work with for the most part, are older than me. And they, like, I was just talking to my buddy the other day, and they were like, hey, you know John Boy? I was like, yeah. Um, and he goes, yeah, they're doing this thing, like, with this weird wiffle ball. Like, and it's really? in, like, a warehouse that they're playing. And I was like, well, oh, that's that sounds pretty cool. And my, my <laughs> brother, who were, who's at the job with me, he's like, oh, yeah, Peter does a, does a podcast on him. He's talked <laughs> to John Boy before. And they were like, what? Because you don't want to be like, well, <laughs> so actually... Yeah. <laughs> like I try to keep this stuff very much <laughs> not talked about because yeah. that's just I'm a fucking account because we get you know what I mean like people here. don't really care about that kind of stuff we care about numbers <laughs> um, but like, I don't know it's just weird we never thought that it would get to this there was a day where I was just like hanging out with my friends we went to a food truck festival and like that was just the day that Jimmy and Zoe like found the podcast and like I just looked down at my phone at one point and like three or four people from John Boy Media had like reached out to me to to talk about it. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on right now? This like, is I was hoping people would listen, but I didn't, I didn't know those people would uh, care about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like like I said, Brendan's done podcasts before that I've been on. Um I tried to do a soccer podcast that just ended up being way too much work uh back around like the World Cup. And we were just like happy to talk to our friends and like if a couple people listen that's cool but nothing to this degree so we're very very lucky and that's not lost on us so, yes it's you guys it's the people that follow jump media are just awesome people in general so yeah yeah for sure so now it's time to get off the sentimental and onto the shilling i love you peter so well, much we got plugs uh, we love we got plugs, plugs. Justin's got a plug for crack. Mm, that's right. <laughs> we should not be putting that out there. Oh. For I don't, I don't give that away. <laughs> it's, it's that's all his. a joke. It's all his. It's a joke, everybody. He doesn't have a plug for crack. <laughs> Protected. So, <laughs> Justin, <laughs> what do you got to plug for our listeners? Um, every, anything and everything. You want us to show up to your bowling league events? Yes. Oh my gosh. A fan base would Could you imagine? Would be great. Oh my gosh. You just show up next week. You just have 30 people there going, let's <laughs> yeah, go back. Did I tell you what we did in high school? So we made defense signs for like, <laughs> for bowling. We, had a, we had a bowling team. There is no defense. Right. 
There's no defense. There's not even an offense. It's just you bowl. But we made def- the, the year that we won our state sectional championship, we made defense signs and like our the the bowlers that would not start and they were kind of like in the rotation or in, on the bench, whatever <laughs> the they defenders. they would hold they would scream defense and they would hold up the defense sign. Um, which I thought that's was a good fantastic. high school gag. I can imagine yeah. just like the post game um, interviews of the high school league. Like you know, I worked really hard out there. It's incredible work, but you know what? I really got to give credit to our defense. <laughs> it's like what did you? <laughs> We tripped everybody on the team. <laughs> uh, now, uh, if you're a Giants fan and you somehow don't know what Talking Giants is, um, at this point, I just feel sorry for you. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I do. Have I mean, you guys surpassed uh, comments and ratings of uh, Talking Yanks? We're. Or is it about, you know, they had battle. Aaron Boone on this year. Uh, um, yeah. So they. Uh, <laughs> and Fair. also, the Yan- Yankees fans are fucked up. Yeah. Their yeah, numbers well, get better when they lose. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're sickos. We <laughs> are sickos like that. Is that the right word? Yeah. It's crazy. So you know, if it sucks that they've that they're losing, it sucks that they're not going to make the playoffs, and you know, everything like that it sucks for Yankee. I'm a Yankee fan myself, so it sucks for the Yankees. It sucks for Yankee fans. It sucks. It sucks for talking Yanks. But you know, I gap is closer at least in my opinion than a lot of people that a lot of people may think. And I and I and it's not like a when I and again, I'm a competitive person. I compete with myself, but also like, hey, within the company, like, you know, I don't want John Boy Media just to be a company that's that's known for John Boy. Like, I, I want right. it to be known for. It's like, hey, you know, these people do a good job covering football. Um, you know, obviously the Giants. You know, we're doing a good job and we're we're dominating that that side of it. Um, but the thing that I really want to plug is uh, John Boy John Boy Media Football. Um, it's a channel that's mainly active during draft season because we do draft breakdowns. Um, but that's a channel that um, we're going to try and be more consistent with it this year and post some more videos and, you know, maybe get Chris Rose involved in the fold and, and some things too. So there's some conversations that, that need to be had at, at the company, but um, that's a, that's a goal for this year is to start to lay the foundation for JM football. And, you know, that's a channel that's, you know, even for a channel that doesn't have a groundwork approach, it's got close to 10,000 subscribers. So um, I, I'm very proud that that's like our second, that's been our secondary project and we've even grown it that much and we really yeah. haven't even consistently tackled it. So that is something that we're going to try and consistently tackle this year. So if you're a football fan, odds are you're more likely to be a football fan than a Giants fan. Um, John Boy Media Football, um, be on the lookout for it. Um, on, the, on the rise, and, baby. On the rise, that's right. Nice. On the rise. Does it Chris Rose have a show? He he had a he had a show with CJ Uzama. I don't exactly know the the status of that. Um, but basically, uh, you know, uh, the success of baseball today. You know, we would eventually like to find something like that with some sort of football show. So uh, that's a that's definitely a goal that we have uh, you know coming up. Here's hoping. Watch that space, everybody. It's going to be big. If, it, if there's one thing you know about John Boy Media, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be good. And it's going to be filled with a lot of people who know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yep. But you know what you should be drinking? Ooh. Brendan? Natural light, baby. All day. Nope. Oh, not natural oh. light. Uh, that, you not can, that one. Okay. You can drink. <laughs> the product to make it work. You can drink subtle tea. It's a craft brew organic iced tea that I make. You can get it delivered to your door. By going to thesubtlety.com, you can get... $2 off by using code Hoppy Boys. 
Segway, which is my other podcast where we talk about beer. We've talked about Natural Light before. Incredible. Uh, Peter's been on there before. Every time we talk about the Hobby Boys, we have to talk about Peter and hope that people from here listen to that episode and hear <laughs> Peter demoralize himself and embarrass himself. Absolutely. Just uh, embarrass myself. It's, it's a great episode. It's, it's a, If you like goofs and gaffes like you might on Jumbo Media, it's a, it's a silly show. So go check that out. Um, and the rest, you know, the Lonely Boys, where I recap Gossip Girl episodes and... Uh, that's all that matters. Lonely Boys, Average Joels, Backyard Boys. All the old projects. Some of those may not still be in existence. Yeah, <laughs> some of them could return. You never know. But, yeah. Like I said, I'm an accountant. I have nothing to plug. So, Brendan, do you have anything else for us today? Nope. Bye. Bye-bye.